and a wonderful Wednesday to each of you. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Wednesday, and welcome to the latest edition of the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. As always, you can find the great content from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find myself at Stats SAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here is the latest from Atlanta. So obviously Atlanta, after an uh, uh, needed off day on Monday, the Braves got back to work on Tuesday when it came to a big series against the Cincinnati Reds, a team from Cincinnati who has really come on over the past few weeks and is starting to put some pressure on the San Diego Padres for the second wild card position in the National League when it comes to the playoff picture. And another big thing for the Braves was that over the next two weeks, this clearly was going to be their toughest series in terms of their opponents as they get to the middle of August. Well, of course, the Braves coming off five, winning five of their six games last week, one big narrative going into this series was that the Braves probably were not going to have as clear of an advantage when it came to the starting pitching as they had had over you know the past few weeks against opponents, but also the fact that the Braves' bullpen had allowed three runs in each of their past two games, though they were able to go one and one in those two games against the Nationals. Well, tonight's matchup, or last night's matchup between Sonny Gray and Drew Smiley, obviously was one in which the Braves were going to have to pitch well in order for them to be able to earn the victory. And that did not start off in the best form. After both Gray and Smiley were able to get through the first inning, outfielder Aristides Aquino connected with a two-run home run to drive in Joey Votto, who led off the top of the second inning with the double to give the Reds a two-to-nothing lead. Obviously, once again, the Braves were struggling to be able to earn to score runs early on, you know, which could be expected against a, a pitcher of Sonny Gray's caliber, but Drew Smiley ran into some early trouble. However, Smiley was able to recover. In the third inning, the Braves and Reds both went down quietly, despite the fact that both teams had a runner reach base. And then in the fourth inning, the Smiley was once again able to work around a walk to Joey Votto as he got Kyle Farmer to ground into a double play. Well, then finally in the bottom of the fourth inning, the Braves were able to get on the board themselves. After Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley recorded two quick outs, Dansby Swanson earned a walk, and then Adam Duvall connected with his third home run since he had arrived in Atlanta since the trade deadline to tie the score at two apiece. Peterson then found his own way to contribute in the field as he saved the Braves from yielding an extra base hit to start the top of the fifth inning for the Reds. Jock Peterson made a great sliding catch to support Smiley in the top of the fifth inning. Smiley would wind up recording six innings on the night, one of his better outings of the year, and it certainly was a memorable one for him as he not only went six innings, allowing only two earned runs, two walks, and two hits while striking out seven um, Reds batters. It was really only one bad pitch that 
resulted in Smiley giving up the two runs. It also was memorable because Smiley was able to put on this performance with his dad in attendance, a cancer survivor. So certainly a great night all around for Drew Smiley. But in support of Smiley, the Braves decided in the bottom of the six innings that they were ready to strike once again, as Stephen Voke was able to earn a bases-loaded walk to give the Braves a 3-2 lead. Well, after that, the Braves' bullpen went to work. Luke Jackson recorded a scoreless top of the seventh inning with two strikeouts while yielding a walk, while Richard Rodriguez ran into a bit of trouble, his first real bout of trouble since he arrived in Atlanta. But through that trouble, the Braves called on Tyler Matzik to be able to come in and face off against Joey Votto, runners on first and second, and two outs. Matzik was able to get Bato looking on a strike three. One in what was a rare occurrence in which Joey Bato had multiple plate appearances in which he was called out on a strike three looking. That's something that very rarely has happened in Joey Votto's career. But Matzik and the Braves bullpen was once again able to deliver. And then in the ninth, after the after the or in the bottom of the eighth, after the Braves went down quietly. Will Smith, despite making things a bit more dramatic once again by allowing a double to Kyle Farmer, he was able to shut the door by getting a game-ending double play to allow for the Braves to earn a 3-2 victory. And even more importantly than the Braves' victory, on the same night that the Braves were able to get a series-opening win against the Reds, the Phillies, as they start a very tough stretch of their season, did not play well against the Dodgers and wound up losing Five to nothing. The end result is the Braves now being one game out of the division lead in the NL East. So coming into this series against the Reds, the need for the Braves was to have their bullpen once again regain its form. Even though Richard Rodriguez probably had his worst outing as a Brave since he was traded to Atlanta, the pitching of Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, and Will Smith really allowed for Atlanta to be able to support its starting staff with great with the great effort from the bullpen, despite the fact that the offense was pretty much limited compared to how well it had pr- been producing over the past few weeks. A highly encouraging series opening win for the Braves. They have to feel good about winning at least one of the next two with Tuki Tassat and Kyle Muller on the mound, and hopefully they'll continue to be able to win at a needed clip to continue to gain ground and maybe even regain their spot at the top of the NL East division. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Obviously, the performances of Drew Smiley and the Braves bullpen were big reasons why they were able to earn a big victory on Tuesday night against the Reds. But once again, Adam Duvall delivered in a key moment, delivering a key hit via a home run that played a big part in a Braves victory. But the thing about it is this, is that this has happened now via the second time that Adam Duvall has been acquired by the Braves. Of course, as many of us remember, in 2018, Duvall was acquired by the Braves at the trade deadline in exchange for names such as Lucas Sims and Matt Whistler. 
And while DeBall was viewed as hopefully being a potential boost to the Braves lineup, he was absolutely horrendous during his time with the Braves in 2018. While many had thought that DeBall may be let go, his contract would not be renewed during the 2018-2019 offseason, the Braves decided to bring him back, and they sent him to Gwinnett in order to hopefully help him regain his offensive form that he had showed earlier in his career. And while he did spend much of 2019 at Gwinnett, once he returned to the Braves in 2019, he has done nothing but produce in a Braves uniform since that time. In now 379 plate appearances for the Braves since the 2019 season to the present, in 379 plate appearances, Adam Duvall has hit 29 home runs and produced 62 RBIs, an incredibly productive clip when it comes to being a source of home runs and RBIs. And several of those home runs have come in big moments, including the stretch run for the Braves last season to get into the playoffs. Obviously, the big home run off Jack Flaherty in the 2019 in the 2019 playoffs, and now both him and Jorge Soler have delivered home run after home run that have been key contributing factors to the Braves winning six out of their last seven games and now being one game within one game of the NL East division lead. Furthermore, a big reason as to why Duvall has been so productive for the Braves over the past few seasons may simply come down to the fact that he just loves playing at Truist Park. 246 career plane appearances coming into last night at Truist Park and when it was SunTrust Park. Adam Duvall in those 246 plate appearances has produced a 9.903 OPS. Duvall has 100 or more career plate appearances at nine different MLB parks. Of those nine parks, what's even more enjoyable than his success at Truist is the fact that of those nine parks, Duvall has been his most productive at Citizens Bank Park, home of the Phillies. In 112 career plate appearances, he has produced a 1.023 OPS at Citizens Bank Park. Second on the list of those nine parks is Truist Park. Third on the list is Wrigley Field, where Duvall has produced a 900 OPS against the Cubs. And then fourth on the list is Bush Stadium, where in 128 career plate appearances, Duvall has a .866 OPS. So not only should fans love Duvall for how productive he's been over the past two years and the big hits that he delivers time after time, despite Truist Park, Duvall does his best work against two of the Braves' biggest rivals in the Phillies and the Cardinals. Obviously, Duvall has said multiple times that he loves playing in Atlanta. He certainly has become a fan favorite, and it also seems as if that he is at his best when he's in the Braves' uniform, or of course, as we know, playing against the Braves earlier this year. His production could not have come at a better time, and hopefully, he will continue to play at a high level as the Braves continue to make their play to be at the top of the NL East division and get into the 2021 postseason. But another key development yesterday was some news off the field. It was announced that reliever A.J. Minter, who had been sent down to Gwinnett a few weeks back, to hopefully right the ship and get back to his 2020 form. He certainly has been nothing but absolutely sensational for the Stripers. He was recalled to the Braves. In a corresponding move, 
Shane Green was designated for assignment. Obviously, Shane Green was a sensible signing by the Braves earlier this season as a way to hopefully bolster the bullpen. Unfortunately, Green time after time has struggled when he's been called upon, and as a result, with many pitching talents returning to Atlanta from injury, Shane Green certainly stood out as being one of the names that the Braves were most likely to part with, and that's what occurred yesterday. However, Perhaps an even more significant move will happen today when catcher Travis Darnot returns to Atlanta after being away from the team from, for over three months due to an injury to his thumb. Darnot certainly has been productive down at Gwinnett in his rehab assignment, and his return could not come at a better time. As we mentioned, the Braves' catching unit has been the worst offensive catching unit in the majors over the past two months. The return of Darno should be a big boost not only for the Braves pitching staff, but also their offense. And yesterday, while I mentioned, obviously, the rehab is going on for Waskar Yanoa, Ian Anderson, and Travis Darno. another big development is the fact that last night, Eddie Rosario, who the Braves acquired from the Cleveland Indians at the trade deadline for Pablo Sandoval, he made his rehab assignment debut, his debut in the Braves system. While Rosario may not be who he was a few years back, he is another potentially significant offensive addition to this Braves roster and to an outfield that all of a sudden could become a position of strength for this Braves team moving forward. Hopefully, with the return of Darno, the Braves will be back and will be ready and able to get some scoring done early and often tonight as they look to support Tuki Toussaint against the Reds, who will throw Wade Miley. The Braves have had a lot, had a lot of success last week against veteran left-handers in St. Louis. Hopefully, they'll be able to tap into that production and get another needed victory against a talented Reds team. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this edition of the Daily Hammer, your, da your daily news source on the Atlanta Braves from the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Of course, it's just one of many great options to listen when it comes to the Talking uh, Chop Podcast Network. You obviously have the Road to Atlanta podcast, which has released a few great episodes over the past couple of days talking in-depth about the midseason Top 30 Braves prospects featuring talents such as Eric Cole, Matt Powers, and Garrett Spain. Of course, the Talking Chop podcast itself featuring great analysis from Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman. Of course, along with our podcast, there's all the great coverage and content at TalkingChop.com in, in, in terms of the games that are played, as well as perspectives both on and off the field. You can find that content not only at TalkingChop.com, but also at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. It's been great joining you. Hopefully the Braves will get another victory tonight, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Daily Hammer.